So when your baby goes skin to skin with you, your heartbeat helps them regulate their heartbeat. Your breathing helps them regulate their breathing. Your temperature helps them regulate their temperature. Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Maria. And you're listening to the Baby Pro Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy and through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the answers to the questions expectant and new parents want to know, such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep, and tips and tricks for parenting a newborn. And welcome to the show. Hey, Maria. Hey, Shelly. This week, we are going to be talking about the importance of skin to skin. Oh, my favorite. Sometimes it feels like skin to skin and can solve anything. I know. And especially immediately postpartum where everybody's like, what do I do? And the answer is almost always skin to skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but first, did you hear about Frontier Airlines and their lawsuit that they lost? No. Or they had to settle? It no. was filed by pilots who claim bias over pregnancy and breastfeeding employees. Shocking. <laughs> you know, I wish I could say that, that it was. I, I wish I could say I'm shocked in this day and age, but I'm not at all. So in the, the settlement, they said that Frontier will let pilots pump breast milk while on flights. And parents who are breastfeeding can reduce their flying times and treat pregnancy and breastfeeding the same as other medical conditions if it makes the pilots unable to fly. Okay. So like basically common sense stuff, right? Right. That should have automatically been happening. Correct. Yeah. Well, good for the people who brought that lawsuit against them, made that change. Yeah, no kidding. Good on them for winning it. Let's do our question of the week. This week's question was submitted through Instagram. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can DM me at Shelly Taft IBCLC. The question is, is it better to bottle feed if baby has reflux and colic? Well, the, the short answer is no, not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The long answer is usually with reflux and colic, there's a functional issue that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. In almost all cases that I have had experience with, there's some sort of functional, like they're not using their mouth correctly, their tongue correctly, they're not able to use these things correctly, and that is affecting how they're swallowing, which is affecting the reflux and the gas, which is usually the things that lead to colic. Right. They take in a lot of air while they're on the breast, and they may do the same thing with the bottle. Or they may not, and they may do better with the bottle, but that's just masking the symptom. It's not, it's not addressing it. Yeah. And a lot of times, maybe not a lot of the times, but a fair number of the times I do find that those babies with like severe reflux or colics struggle just as much with a bottle as they do at the breast. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's different. They struggle differently. Yeah. So I guess it comes down to the reason for the colic and reflux, if known. Yeah. But it's a good idea to work with an IBCLC so they can see if it is related to breastfeeding. Yeah. And next, we will be talking about skin to skin. 
Hey friends, so this is the first episode in a new format of the podcast. Usually I have a guest on to talk about a certain topic that has to do with pregnancy and postpartum. I will still be having guests on, but I thought it would be a little bit fun and more mm, intimate, I guess, is the closest word I want to use for me to also do some episodes where it's just you and me, friend, just talking about a certain topic. Um, something that I think parents ha- want to know more about or that I'm passionate about. And today's topic is going to be skin to skin. Now, I know that most of you know what skin to skin is. It's like all the rage in the birthing community. And there is a good reason why it is. So first, I want to start off by defining skin to skin. Skin to skin is literally your skin against your baby's skin. So if you are holding your baby against your chest and they're wearing a onesie or they're swaddled or wearing other types of fabric that is in between you and them, it's not 100% skin to skin. Will babies still benefit by you holding them this way? Absolutely. But will the true full potential of those benefits and the importance of the skin to skin be be available for you and your baby if you do have fabric between you? Not really. So when we're talking about skin to skin, we do mean like full on skin to skin contact, no hospital gown for you, no shirt or whatever. So when should you do it? Well, the most important time to do it is right after birth. And your goal should be to do it uninterrupted through the first feeding. Now, let's talk about why it's so important after the birth. For vaginal births, this should be done immediately after baby is born, right? Your baby comes out, they're nice and crying, they put the baby skin to skin right away. If you are giving birth at a baby-friendly hospital, this is this should be at least um, senior protocol. Like this should be happening, no questions asked. If you're not giving birth at a baby-friendly hospital, you might have to advocate a little bit for your for your right to do skin to skin with your baby, especially for that long. So I would just be prepared for that. For a C-section birth, it depends on the facility, right? If you are giving birth at a facility that has the staffing and the resources to let you do skin to skin in the OR, you can do it in the OR. And most of the time what that looks like is maybe they're holding baby up against your face or whatever whatever they're able to do to get you the most skin to skin contact in a safe way as you're still lying on the operating table. If for some reason you cannot do skin to skin right away, your partner or someone else, your biggest support person should be doing skin to skin with the baby as well. And then if you do have a, a C-section, as soon as you are able, as soon as you're out of the OR and in your recovery room and you're able to safely hold your baby, you should start doing skin to skin then. Okay. So I would encourage you to check with the policy of the facility that you'll be birthing at to see, do they promote skin to skin contact immediately after vaginal birth? And what is their policy for skin to skin contact after a C-section? Now let's talk about what happens after birth. As your baby goes skin to skin contact on you, they go through certain behaviors and they go through these nine stages of behavior. And this was all researched thoroughly and studied and it has been repeated. Like they have found these these results and noticed these behaviors in repeated studies too. So it's pretty well established. 
So the nine different stages of behaviors help the baby adjust to the outside world and get in that first fitting, which is really, really important. Now, the first hour after your baby is born is often referred to as the golden hour because we really want the baby to breastfeed within that hour. And that successful feeding is going to kind of set the stage for their subsequent breastfeeding sessions. So this is really important. Okay. So let's go through those, those phases. So baby comes out, they're born. And the first phase is the birth cry. And it, and it's just what it is, right? What it sounds like it's intense crying just after birth, right? So baby comes out, he or she is crying. They put your baby on you uh, for skin to skin. Once the baby's being held by you, they, then they go into the relaxation phase. That is the second phase. And when they're in this phase, they're just resting and recovering. They're not doing much. They're not sleeping. Their eyes will still be open. They'll be kind of like checking out this new world, but they're not really moving around. They're just kind of laying there like resting. And then after a while, they they enter into the awakening phase. And this is when they start to show some signs of activity. So maybe they might move their head around a little bit. They might bob their head a little bit or look side to side. They might move their limbs and their shoulders slightly. After the awakening phase is the active phase. This is when they really get some movement going. They move their limbs and their head. It's more determined movements, not just kind of like quick little movements like, what's going on? Where am I in this space? They might start to root at this stage. And they might start to try to push against you with their limbs. Now, at this state, they're not really going anywhere. They're just kind of like pushing against you. Some parents say like, oh, look, he's trying to like walk because they'll step their feet against your abdomen as they're being held skin to skin. Then they enter the crawling phase. And this is when they really start to push against your body with their limbs. And so much pushing happens in this stage that they actually start to shift their body around and move their body around. Now, their goal at this phase is to find the breast and to latch on. How do they know where it is, right? Because babies can't see very well when they are first born, but they can smell really well. And so they find their way through smell and through touch. Now, you may notice during your pregnancy that you start to develop these pimply looking like bumps on your areola outside of your nipple, around your nipple. Those are called Montgomery glands. And Montgomery glands secrete an oil that keeps your nipples healthy and clean. It also smells, this oil that the Montgomery glands secrete also smells and tastes just like your amniotic fluid, which is different for every woman, right? Every parent. So your baby could pick you out of a of a lineup of breastfeeding parents. They recognize you already from your scent because they've been in that scent literally for the past nine months. And so they know where to go. They can smell it. So their goal during this crawling phase is to go to the breast. Now, depending on how much medication you had during your labor delivery or how long it was or how cone-shaped your head is, they might need some help. Some babies are a little bit more sluggish during this stage than others. So if you want to help your baby move over to your nipple, that's fine. You can help them do that. Now, once they get over to the nipple, they're going to go through another resting stage where they they rest. There's some activity, so they might suck on their hand, but they're kind of resting like, whew, I finally got over to the breast. Now I need to take a break. Totally normal. Then they enter the familiarization phase, and this is when they do what I call the, the lick and sip. 
which is basically they find the nipple. They don't latch on, but they might brush their mouth against it. They might lick your nipple. And again, they're doing like a taste test. They're saying, is this my mom? Is this, it smells like her. It tastes like her. And then they do the sucking phase, which is when they actually take the nipple into the lat, into their mouth, latch on and start suckling. This is their first feeding. After they're done with their first feeding, they enter a sleeping phase where they close their eyes and they just rest because birth is a marathon and they ran it with you. (laughs) So the thing that is important to keep in mind about all of these phases is for most babies, they are hardwired to do them in order. So birth cry comes first, relaxation phase comes second, awakening phase comes first. And if, if that process is interrupted or disrupted in any way, it can feel very overwhelming for babies. So as an example, let's say that your baby has gone through all the stages. They're at the familiarization phase and they're getting ready to enter the sucking phase where they actually latch on to have their first feeding. And maybe, you know, because this process is not quick. This, this doesn't happen in the first five minutes after your baby's born. This can take like 45 to minutes to an hour. So your baby's been working at this for maybe 45 minutes. They're about to latch on and the nurse says, oh, we're going to weigh the baby. So she picks up your baby, weighs the baby, and puts the baby back exactly where your baby was, right near your nipple, ready to latch on. And to us, it's not a big deal. Like maybe the baby was gone for 30 seconds while they got weighed. Like what's the big deal? But to your baby, that whole process that they are hardwired to do in order has been disrupted. And when that happens, oftentimes they will try to go back to the beginning to start over again. So they'll start to cry again, then they'll enter the relaxation, which, you know, cool, you know, perseverance is cool, but oftentimes they don't have the energy to go through that whole process again. Again, birth is a marathon and your baby ran it with you. So oftentimes they don't have enough energy. They try to repeat that 45 minute process again. Instead, they just fall asleep and they don't have that feeding, that good first feeding and that golden hour. So when you are writing your birth plan and think about what you want your your birth to look like, it might be a good idea to think about writing in something about delaying the newborn, the routine newborn procedures and interventions until after that first feeding. And again, if you're giving birth at a baby-friendly hospital, this is most likely standard protocol. If not, then again, you might have to advocate for that. And that includes the weight. And I know, I know that that's really hard to wait for. And, you know, it makes sense. Like the baby comes out, you're trying to do your first feeding. Maybe your partner is calling their parents at the same time. Oh, the baby's here. What's the first question they're going to ask? How much does the baby weigh? Right. And that makes sense. Your coworkers, they all want to know if they won the pool, but the weight can wait. Okay, so ideally all the newborn interventions would wait until after that first feeding, until after your baby has gone through all of this process and is in the sleeping phase. Now, while this is happening, these are the things that you can observe on the outside, but there's a lot of stuff happening on the inside too that's helped along by the skin to skin. Okay, so when your baby goes skin to skin with you, your heartbeat helps them regulate their heartbeat. Your breathing helps them regulate their breathing. Your temperature helps them regulate their temperature. And in fact, what's really, really cool, when the baby is placed skin to skin on you immediately after birth, for like the first five minutes, your breasts just heat up. 
your breasts are like, listen, baby's here. We got to get this baby warm. So they just heat up, heat up, heat up to get that baby warm. After about five minutes, your breasts kind of plateau in temperature and assess the baby. And if the baby is at the right temperature that they need to be, your breasts just stay that temperature to keep them warm. If your baby's not there yet, maybe still a little bit cold, your breasts will continue to get warmer and reassess the baby until your baby is at the right temperature. So cool, I know. Our bodies are so cool. And in fact, moms who have twins, if she's got both of them, if they have both babies skin to skin and one baby's colder than the other, that breast will get warmer than the other to heat that baby up faster. It's a very cool system. Now, babies who are held skin to skin also have lower stress levels and cry less. So again, another good reason to do skin to skin, keep your baby as stress-free as possible as they transition to the outside world because it is a lot. It is a lot for them to do. It also helps babies stabilize their blood sugar. So what does this mean for you if you are in a situation where they are going to be testing your baby's blood sugar? So for example, if you have gestational diabetes, if your baby is small for gestational age or large for gestational age, any situation where it's protocol to check baby's blood sugars for the first 24 hours, you're gonna wanna do skin to skin because that will help stabilize your baby's blood sugar. If you are planning on breastfeeding, babies who are held skin to skin will breastfeed more than babies who are not. And that makes sense, right? When you're putting your baby skin to skin, you're putting them in the restaurant, you're putting them in the in the dairy cafe, okay? Did you ever not feel hungry, but then you walk into the restaurant and then you smell all the food and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm starving. That's what you're doing when you put them skin to skin. They may not feel like they're hungry or they want to wake up and eat, but put them skin to skin and they're like, oh, there's food nearby. I might as well eat while I'm here. And because it encourages more frequent feedings, there's less risk of weight loss, lowered risk of jaundice, et cetera, et cetera. So lots of physical benefits for your baby that are really, really important, and especially right after birth. But it's not just your baby who benefits. You benefit as well. Parents who have their baby skin to skin frequently after birth have been shown to have lower stress levels. Why? Well, because you're getting that like yummy baby smell and you're able to hold your baby and bond with your baby, but also because of the hormones that are released when you're, when you are, have your baby skin to skin. So when you have your baby skin to skin, oxytocin is released. Oxytocin is also released when your baby latches and starts to suckle at the breast, but also when you're just holding your baby. And what's oxytocin? Oxytocin is the love hormone. If you look into the eyes of someone you love and you get that lovey, dopey feeling, that's oxytocin. It's the bonding hormone. It's really cool. The studies have, there's a study that came out of Harvard that even showed that if you look into your dog's eyes, oxytocin is released in your brain and in your dog's brain. So every time you hold your baby skin to skin, you get an oxytocin rush and so does your baby. And so you get that like, you get primed for bonding. This is why skin to skin can be really helpful and important for partner to do too. It's not just for the birthing parent or the breastfeeding, chest feeding parent. It's good for the partner to do too. It will help them bond with the baby. And skin to skin also helps parents have a a higher milk supply. So that probably won't happen. (laughs) That benefit won't be present for for the partners. But if you are the breastfeeding, chest feeding parent and you have concerns about milk supply, do skin to skin. Okay, we also have some research showing that the duration of skin to skin that babies and parents get right after birth 
makes a difference as well. For example, there was one survey and study done where they they started with about 11,973 parents of newborns. And these were all parents who had given birth in hospitals in Poland. They had certain qualifications and criteria that needed to be met. And then they needed parents to fill out a form after. And at the end of eliminating some of the parents for not meeting from those qualifications, in the end, they ended up with about 1,300 participants that fit the criteria, and then returned the survey form so that the researchers could get the data they needed. So out of those around 1,300 parents who qualified and returned the forms, 82% had early skin-to-skin contact with their infant. But some of them, 58%, so I guess I would say majority of them, only had that skin-to-skin contact for a very brief period of time, one to four minutes, and that's it. Only 6% had skin-to-skin contact lasting 20 minutes or longer. So 76% had a mother's had one to 19 minutes of skin-to-skin contact, and 18% had no early contact, skin-to-skin contact at all. 97% of the time, these the skin-to-skin contact was initiated within the first 10 minutes of birth. Okay. So what did they find? How did the length of skin-to-skin contact matter? Did it matter? Was there a difference? So what the study says is parents who receive skin-to-skin contact, any amount of skin-to-skin contact, even if it was just for one minute to four minutes, they breastfed their babies exclusively for 1.43 months longer than those who did not have any skin-to-skin contact. Of the parents who had skin-to-skin contact longer than 20 minutes, they breastfed their babies three months longer than those who had little to no skin-to-skin contact. So what this is showing is not only is that skin-to-skin contact important, especially right immediately after birth, but how long the parents are allowed to have skin, I say allowed loosely, are given the opportunity, I should say, to have skin-to-skin contact with their babies matters. So again, if you're working, if you're giving birth in a facility where maybe they're short-staffed, or maybe they're very busy and they're just trying to rush you through. Okay, you you give birth, we're, we're going to give you, you know, some time and then we want to get you over to the recovery room, your postpartum room. And they're not really giving you at least an hour to do some skin to skin. You might have to advocate for yourself because the duration of the skin to skin does make a difference. It's also important to remember that skin-to-skin contact is not a one-time labor and delivery prescription, right? It's not a one-and-done, check-it-off-your-list. It's beneficial for the baby's early life, I would say, especially those first few weeks and even up to three months. And again, it helps you and your baby. There are other situations too in older babies where skin-to-skin contact can be beneficial. For example, if your baby is on a nursing strike or they are refusing the breast and you're trying to get them back on the breast to breastfeed. Oftentimes I'll tell families, okay, your baby has negative associations with breastfeeding. You know, these are the babies that go to the breast and they just cry. They refuse to latch. They're frustrated. 
So we want to start to build positive associations at the breast. And one good way that you can do that is to give your baby the bottle like you usually do. And then after the bottle, when they are full and content and happy, put them on the breast. They do not have to latch. They don't have to latch, but do some skin to skin with them. Even if they're just sleeping with their mouth near your nipple, because that is going to make them feel full and calm and content at the breast. Again, building those positive associations. And it can be really healing and helpful for you too if you've been feeling really frustrated because your baby's just screaming at you. When every time you try to latch and they're just screaming at the breast, you're not having a positive experience with it either. So just kind of like chilling out, relaxing, doing skin to skin with your with your baby and holding them at the breast without any expectation of whether they're going to latch, without any expectation of how much they're going to take. You're just present there with your baby will help you feel better and less stress about the feedings too. So what are our takeaways for today? Number one, skin to skin helps you and baby. Number two, you might have to advocate for yourself to get that appropriate amount of skin to skin contact and time after your baby's born where you're shooting for at least an hour through that first feeding. Number three, it's not just a one-time labor and delivery prescription. Do it as much as you can and want for those first few weeks. And those are my tips for you today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you have a topic in mind that you want me to talk about around infant feeding or infant sleep, you can DM me on Instagram. I'm at Shelly Taft, IBCLC, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTaftIBCLC.com, where you can check out more options for support through pregnancy and beyond, including the Baby Pro Bistro, our parenting community. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTaftIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes to help our episodes reach more parents like you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.